and welcome to For All Mumkind, the podcast, a podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down and chat with a mum about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is an online personal trainer, a nutrition coach, life coach and she's mum to Jack. It's Jackie Tuig. Welcome Jackie. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. And you're actually the first person I've recorded at home in my kitchen. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the setup is really professional. It's fantastic. Really, so really many good. people actually message and they listen um, in their kitchen, and they always feel like they're in the kitchen having a chat with or listening to people having chats. So literally today, they kind of are. It's great. Yeah, it's it's great that I suppose I live close by that it's yeah. easy enough to pass by. So brilliant. Um, Jack, how old is he now? So Jack is, he's 10 months, he'll be 11 months this week, and uh, he's one next month. Oh God, Jackie. The fastest year ever. Isn't it just? <laughs> it's absolutely flown by, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And in a year for you being a mum too. That's it, yeah, yeah, adjusting to, to life as a mum is, you know, you're getting used to your role and, you know, you obviously have baby to look after, but you're, you're after becoming a mother, so you have to look after yourself too. And you're a Dubliner living in Kerry. Yes. How did you find that with becoming a new mum? And I suppose a lot of us would have, are, you know, from Kerry or you're from where you're, where you're living, where you're from. Yes. Um, did you find a group of mums or kind of friends that gave you that support? So to be honest, like since I came down here and I was doing personal training and things like that and I was building friends through my work and so I did develop good friends and good friendships here so I'm so grateful for my friends and for that in particular Jack's godmother Gillian she's just been amazing Um, so I do have a good network of friends like that but prior to having Jack I did I went to a quidgy group and to be perfectly honest I loved it and I swore I was going to keep going keep going and it just didn't happen when he was born Um, and then I kind of left it so long I felt like oh, you know, I've left it too long now. And I know they're so welcoming and they're always supportive of, of mums, but I just never got around. And I was busy. I was still running my business and stuff. So I didn't really um, immerse myself in, in groups. But what I would say is I suppose my community online has been really of great support to me. Um, I'm also in a Facebook group for all mums that had that were due in March. Um, and it was through rollercoaster.ie actually that um, that group was formed and I've had such good support and all the children are at the same age and the same milestones and stuff so it's been really encouraging and um just puts your mind at ease you know if you feel like your baby should be doing something and others are like no that's totally normal and so I've definitely immersed myself in that obviously my other half as well and he's been a great support but it is difficult and not having family down here absolutely just little small things like getting out to the shops during the day you know everything has to be planned around I suppose Jack his naps things like that Um, and it just becomes my norm my my way of of being it's what I know but I would love you know if my mom was down here and she does she jumps on the train she comes down at every opportunity that she can um, and she loves it so much but it's not like she's just around the corner so myself and John Paul like we didn't have a night out um, we haven't gone away for a night or anything like that but even just a couple of hours it's tricky because the friends that I do have they all have kids too so I wouldn't want to ask them now Gillian's amazing and she will and she has two kids of her own um, but yeah it, it's definitely hard being away from home but I know no different as well this is true yeah yeah so I definitely would say having a support network is good now I I did classes. I did the baby sensory class. Um, I love that class. It was so good. Yeah, with Olivia in Valigari. Uh, oh, it was just beautiful. And it was just so lovely. Um, and I've, I'm also doing the baby sensory at the moment um, in St. John's. And um, it's just so lovely as well. But I think everyone's so busy. You know, you, you chip it's, and you It is. It's very hard. And stuff like that. But everyone has their things to do, their places to go. Um, and it's difficult, I think. And as you get, as you're an adult, it's actually harder to make friends. Yeah. Um, definitely. But it's not that, you know, I haven't made friends. I have. Um, and I have gone to some groups, but maybe not as much as I could have. I suppose, I suppose as well, you, when you're pregnant, you underestimate the schedule that you're going to be on when the baby's born you have this kind of expectation if you're on mat leave that 
oh, you know, I'll just be wandering around and having cups of teas and coffees in various places. I mean, the reality is that you're on like these two hour cycles. Yes. And and that's like when one two hour cycle is finished, you're on the next one to get ready. So you're kind of on this kind of conveyor belt, really. So and if you as well for me, I quite like the routine of that and Uh staying on that routine. But then you kind of have to make sacrifices more probably socially really it's what takes effect of staying in that routine because I kind of felt when Alice when I kept in her routine she was just the easiest baby so I was like I'm willing to forgo yes heading out and about and she wasn't mad into her car seat really ever um Jack, it was the same so it was like even going to the massage class with Olivia you know you're kind of timing it and timing naps and feeds and then you're like oh I remember having to like put her Going there was always a bit stressful coming out because she was so relaxed after the massage. She used to sleep for ages. So you'd get a lovely little window there. Same with sensory. After that, they used to be like wiped out. So you could go into town for an hour. Yes. And they were wrecked. Um, But I kind of stuck to her routine and then I just worked my life kind of around that. Like that's kind of all you can do. That's, I was the same, you know. And there were some, sometimes things that happen and you do have to go to things. But you also understand at the same point, this could have a, a knock-on effect yeah. on, on Jack and his routine and sleep and stuff. But sometimes you just have to accept that and roll with it. And it's okay yeah. too, you know. So it's almost a year that you, since you've given birth. A year, yeah. Um, and you practiced gentle birthing. I did, yeah, I did. And how did you find, because being a first-time mum, like, and, you know, you're waiting feeling and you're kind of like is this it is this not it um how did your birth start so yeah it was um I did gentle birth and I found it absolutely fantastic in the whole run-up mindfulness the app you know everything like that um but when the actual birth started I wasn't sure you know I kind of woke up in the middle of the night um it was I think it was around three o'clock in the morning and I kind of had pains and I was like, oh God, I'm not sure. Like, you know, maybe these are Braxton Hicks or I just, I didn't know. They weren't like overly bad or anything. So um, I didn't want to wake my other half up because I was thinking, well, if this is labor, well then, you know, he'll need his energy for all day tomorrow. He had a really busy day in work today. Let him sleep and like, I'll just, you know, potter around myself. So I did that um, and I was in the bathroom, I was on the toilet and um, I was started timing them and um, yeah, they were coming maybe, it was 10 minutes or whatever and that was fine. I was actually online at the time and one of my friends was, I think she was living in Dubai at the time, um, Amanda and she was online. She had had a baby um, the August previous. So I was texting her at the time and I was like, I'm not sure. And she was like, time them, let me know like what's going on or whatever. So that was fine and, you know, I was totally managing them um, through all my kind of techniques and mindfulness and stuff. So I had had this whole plan for labour that it was going to be, you know, this really calm, gentle, happy, exciting experience. Um, And I had planned listening to um, lovely music, you know, that we both liked, dancing around, like I had this lovely plan, dancing around with all the candles, um, lighting. I had actually artificial candles, one of my friends Lisa got for me, um, battery operated ones, just dim the lighting and just really uh, lovely um, setting. Um, So... Yeah, that was exactly how I wanted it to go. I had a, um, a birthing pool as well and I was going to labour at home for as long as I could in, in the birthing pool. So anyway, um, I decided to go downstairs um, when I was feeling these kind of pains. I couldn't sleep and I was like, do you know what, I'll go downstairs. So I went downstairs and we had planned on watching Tommy Tiernan so we bought the new DVD because the endorphins of laughing and all that, that's meant to just really relax you and um, and everything. So I said... I wasn't going to watch the DVD that we had bought because that was for the next day when we were both together going through it, if this was labour. Um, and so I just put on my YouTube and just popped in Tommy Tiernan into YouTube and um, I started uh, watching his his clips and I had a, like the biggest fan of him like over the years that I know his stuff word for word. And I was laughing along, I was saying the jokes as he was saying them. 
I was in hysterics, I was bouncing along on my ball at the same time and I was just having a great time. Look, the, the contractions were coming every so often and I'd breathe through them and I'd stop but um, I was still I was still able to talk through them and that. Um, so next minute I got a phone call from John Paul himself and he was upstairs and he was like, what's the racket downstairs? You're going to wake up the neighbours. Like, I must have been laughing really loud. Like, and I was like, oh, I just, like I couldn't sleep. I'm having these pains and I'm not sure if I'm going into labour. Um, I was, uh, this was, um, I gave birth the day before my due date. Um, so obviously it was expected, you know, in or around whatever. But um, I was like, I'm not sure. I was like, you sleep on and whatever. And of course, at that point he couldn't sleep. So he came down. Um, and we watched the the YouTube together and we were laughing and I'd st- put on a, a Spotify playlist that I had prepared and all that. Um, but then, oh, I'd, I'd rang actually the hospital at this point and just said, look, you know, I'm feeling these contractions. And like they had said to me, oh, look, you're a first time mum and this could go on for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Just keep an eye on it. And I didn't want to be a drama queen either. Um, and I said, um, oh yeah, that's fine. And they said, if you can get some rest, it would be a good idea because you're going to need your energy. So I said, right, that's fine. Grand, um, said it to John Paul. And I said, look, we'll both go, we'll go back to, to bed and, you know, I'll try and get some rest. But as soon as I went back to bed, the pains got worse as I was lying down. So I was like, oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. I said, you sleep on and I'll go back downstairs. Um, so I again continued on with the Tommy tune and just in whatever but then the pains did start to get more intense so I I got the TENS machine and I popped that on um, and I went upstairs and then they were coming every like two to three minutes so they had said to me in the hospital if they start coming every two to three minutes ring us again um, and it would probably be time for you to come in then I still thought oh god first time you know I don't yeah. know um, and I really wanted to labour as much as I could at home so I didn't want to go in unnecessarily, um, but I also didn't want to leave it too late. Yeah, exactly. So it was the kind of in between of that. So I'd said to John, he got up, he had a shower and I got myself ready. I put on makeup and like all this. I had a dress that I had got for the labour, you know, just a really nice flowy dress that... Um, we were, you know, the gentle birth says wear something that makes you feel good, you know, and that you don't feel like a patient. And I really believe that because I think you can link um, your clothing to kind of how you're supposed to feel. And, you know, um, so I had all that and I got ready. Um, and then um, I was like, look, we'll go in and I'll be sent home. But it's nice just to be told, you know, give the kind of the go ahead to go home. But no, we went in and um, as soon as I was in the accident emergency place, like I was like oh my god I feel like I've just wet myself and so my waters broke and and then that was me um and I was I was in there um there was through the the labor itself and when the waters broke the contractions got much more intense and I um I found them harder to kind of manage but I was I was still managing fine I was breathing through them but I think it was the shock of just the change in the the, the pain yeah. between before and after um and it caused me kind of a little bit of shock so I um my blood pressure dropped and I think Jack's did too um and they I was up on, on the bed I said I didn't want any um I wanted them to check baby's heart rate with a Doppler as opposed to being hooked up um, yeah and all that but you know you have a plan and then and that's the whole thing with gentle birth your plan may need to be adapted so you have to have the mindset it's not a fixed mindset of this is the way I'm birthing it's like I'm open to whatever needs to happen and being okay with that so when this kind of happened within my my birthing um and I did I got I got weak um and um there was a team came in and then I was prepared. Uh, they put took my lovely dress off that I really wanted to labour in. And that came off and I was put into uh, the gown. And um, I just vaguely remember signing something. Um, so they at that point thought that it was going to be um, an emergency section I was going to have to be taken down for. Um, and I remember looking at John Paul. He was white in the face. Um, well, he said he was white in the face. I can't remember that he was white in the face. But... He um he said he literally was just so worried for, yeah. for me and for, for Jack. And I just turned around. I turned to him and I said, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Don't worry. I said, if it has to go this way, it's absolutely fine. 
we're both don't worry about us kind of thing you know I was reassuring him as this has happened to me um but he he was okay he just he knew I wanted it a certain way yeah. and he didn't he didn't want me to to um be upset but I wouldn't have been upset had it had to go that way but because I was so calm I managed to bring my heart rate and my blood pressure and whatever I did in my mindset reaffirm all the affirmations that I was kind of playing and playing and playing through my mind I was listening to them the whole time I was focusing on my breathing I was calming myself down and then I managed to calm myself and Jack down and we ended up having a lovely birth um and it was natural I didn't have an epidural um there was time when I thought oh my god I don't know if I can do this but the midwives in there I literally couldn't speak more highly of them I thought they were amazing um, I had one in particular, her name was Grace, and I'll always remember her. They had a, a changeover of shift, and I was literally holding her hand saying, please don't go. But the other girl that came in, she was lovely too. Um, and yeah, so um, at five to nine then, Jack was born, and it was just an unbelievable moment. So yeah, my I thought the contractions were starting um, at around three o'clock, and then by before nine o'clock, he was in my arms. So it was pretty fast in the end. Yeah, especially for a first timer. That's what they yeah. say. Yeah, that's what they say. So I don't know. I think the mindset really helped. I don't know if I was able to. And, you know, you can control pain with your mind if you train yourself well enough to do that. So I feel like I was able to do that um, to a point. And, and, and when mind. did you start training your mind? With the whole kind of mindset and all that stuff. Like I've been doing that since I'd say 2014. And um, NLP as well, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which helps you to, to take control of your mind. And I've been doing that and practicing it, but I never even really thought about attributing all that knowledge that I had to pregnancy and labor and all of that. Would I have done it naturally without gentle birth? Maybe, but I definitely would have said that actually doing the gentle birth. I did it the whole way through my pregnancy because my sister, um, her first birth was difficult um, and her second, she said she was going to do something different so she did gentle birth. So she told me about it and um, so from very early on I started using the app, training with the app. But it doesn't matter if you're far into your pregnancy, you can still take it up um, and it will definitely help. And then I did a workshop as well down in Cork um, with Mary from Birthing Mamas. She's amazing. And um, it just got me so excited for the labour. So it definitely is important, I think, to, to do that. And I love the idea of wearing the dress. And I haven't heard of that before. Um, and you think about it, actually, when you walk in, you put on like a nightdress. It's yeah. a very funny, when you actually stop and think and you kind of go, yeah, why do we do that? Yeah, like, why like do we... nightdress is for sleeping. Yeah. And, and you're not going, you're definitely not going to sleep, you know. Um, or you know a gown is for you know you're sick um, or things like that so yeah that like that was one thing that I really I loved they said like wear something empowering now aside from going and getting a Wonder Woman suit <laughs> I decided like I wasn't going to go that far although I did feel like Wonder Woman um, and certainly after it I did but um, yeah no I and the dress that I did get it was just um, one in pennies it was really nice I was across um, here so I knew it would be easy to take down for breastfeeding and then afterwards yeah yeah so and you um, you kind of there were part of it that you wanted to do you didn't want to do no coach pushing mm-hmm. and um, you found that the midwives really guided you through that so that's yeah. a great support as well and to know that they're kind of on the side of gentle birthing I really think that and obviously this is my first experience so I don't know but from reading things and hearing things from the past I think the midwives are really upskilling themselves and they're really um getting familiar with different modes of birthing so be it gentle birth or hypnobirthing whatever it is like gentle birth uses hypnosis as well as mindfulness which is what I liked the combination of the two um and I have to say yes my midwife had she not have been informed with gentle birth and helpful in terms of my birth plan and what I had written down, um, she could have easily just given in and let me have an epidural when I was in the throes of, but she didn't. And I think that education is invaluable to, to mothers and allowing them to, to have an informed birth and the birth that they want for themselves. Yeah, because as you're telling your birth story, I just always laugh at... At even my own, because 
I had um I had you know your hospital bag and your birth bag yes and I'd gone I picked out this lovely birth bag and it was lovely and I'd put in like I really thought about what I wanted in mm. that bag and I'd added like um flannels you know if I was sweating yes. it was hot and yeah, yeah. spritz for my face <laughs> oils like uh-huh. relaxing oils I'd um I had like yeah certain types of music that I was like okay that this really relaxes me gets me gets my head into a zone uh-huh. that I can concentrate um did all of that uh Alice's first little outfit in it had a change of nitrous uh in it um and my birth plan was in it and I think I'm pretty certain uh I did really fast labor for a first time mum I kind of started about like half one and by half four Alice was delivered so it was very fast um that poor bag I think Ben opened it when I was pretty much I think about like nine centimeters I was like where's my birth plan and all of this oh my goodness and then we took out like Alice was born we took out her outfit and that was the use of the poor bag and every piece of thought that went into and every relaxing oil and everything (laughs) and then still kind of just laugh at it kind of going you can't as much as you go in there with an idea yes the more relaxed you are about your birthing plan because I used to always ask my my doctor what's my birthing plan because you'd always hear about these plans uh-huh. and I was like do I need to plan it like what's the story yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then on the day it just what happens happens and there's really you just kind of yeah. gotta get once you're feeling empowered that you can let go of it 100% I think you come out the other end going that was fine yes. i think if you try and you know hold on to a concept that's maybe when you might feel disappointed afterwards that that didn't happen definitely and, and that can if you are you know disappointed in the process not going exactly as, as you had planned you know that can lead to um postnatal depression and stuff down the line um so it's really important to be flexible with your your birthing plan and understand that you know our bodies are born to do this whatever way baby comes into the world is the right way and that's what was meant to be for for your situation um, and uh, just to embrace that as well like I had um, I had the whole idea that I was going to be in the um, in the hospital with my ball I had all the I had oh, like with your labor bag I had another bag with like all those electric candles I was talking yeah. about um, you know, now they did they dimmed the lights down in the in the uh, room for me, um, so it was dim lighting which I wanted, um, but there was no ball and I wasn't mobile because I had to be hooked up to to the um the monitor yeah the monitor to um to keep an eye on Jack's heart rate so that didn't go as I wanted um but I did um labour in the position that I wanted I didn't labour on my or birth on my back. Um, I laboured most of it on my back um, and I did find that challenging so maybe if I was up and I was able to be mobile a bit more maybe that would have been a bit more comfortable I don't know but that just wasn't that didn't happen to be my situation but I did actually um, give birth to Jack um, on all fours in that position that's the way like through gentle birth and through research just showing how your kind of um, body is built and what way is the easiest way for the baby to pass down that's what I wanted and the midwives were 100% fine with with doing that you know um but I I had to adapt to a lot and that's just the way it is yeah and how did you find your breastfeeding journey the breastfeeding yeah um oh yeah so I was I really wanted to breastfeed um and I did I read books beforehand the um what's it the womanly art of breastfeeding and I went, like I said, to that quid you group meet up before I had Jack to be around mothers that were breastfeeding. Um, and that was lovely chatting to them all, seeing them feeding their babies. And I even got to hold like really small babies, you know, before. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's going to be mine. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to. And um, again, you know, I'm always open minded. Um, but the first latch was just something else. Like it was, it was instinctual. Like he knew where to go and what to do and um, now that you see all these videos of like the crawl where the baby actually mm-hmm. crawls and now that didn't actually happen in my circumstance but he was put on and he fed straight away and um, so that initial was just oh it was amazing it was just this empowering feeling of my body is feeding my child like this is my child this is my son 
and my body is now nourishing him yeah and that that was incredible but I did find it difficult um in the beginning and getting the latch and I kept having to call the nurses they were really supportive um and then eventually I um I managed to get the hang of it a bit but I did have difficulty in the beginning with um with the latch and with um feeding in terms of uh, soreness and um cracked and you know it, it was just part of it for my journey it's not for everyone's journey some people don't have problems at all yeah um, but I enlisted the help of a lactation consultant and um like she was just absolutely unbelievable um and she's on um, Instagram. Her name's Mairead O'Sullivan. And she's on Instagram as Kerry um, Breastfeeding Support, I think it is. But anyway, without her, I just thought she was fantastic. I did her, um, before I had Jack, she did a class. And um, that really was so helpful as well. Uh, so I knew I had her contact details. She came out, she fixed the last. She showed me how to hold him properly. She told me about uh, these nursing care pads that were going to help me. And um, just within a matter of a couple of weeks days even I was flying it you know but it it is those initial first I'd say six weeks that are difficult like there was a time one one night and my mom was staying down for the first week and I was like oh my god I can't actually do this feed it's it's hard um but I was so determined and when I put my mind to something I really want to do it um so I actually hand expressed and I spoon fed him for that feed just to buy a bit more time that's when I contacted him right and I was like I can't go on like this um and then after that everything started picking up so um definitely it is a matter of for most for most people you know they might be fine but for some people it it just does take perseverance and yeah. getting the help because it's all new it's not it's totally that we've new. Ever done, yeah it's a know? totally new skill exactly. and I think as, as much as we think as much as we know it's natural Yes, it's natural in the like physiological sense mm-hmm. of things, but the actual skill of getting them to latch on, yeah. sitting in the right position, yes. all of that is like, that's a skill. It is, yeah. And getting a lactation yeah. consultant in who's trained to help you with that, uh-huh. it's invaluable. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I would recommend it to everyone and even anyone that I know that's had a baby you know I've recommended if they're here you know to contact her if they're not to contact a good lactation consultant wherever they are yeah um because without that you might just give up but it might just be that might just be what you need to continue on yeah and even the the HSE groups that are around um the leaders there and the community moms that they can link you in with are so supportive yeah to help you out um because we were the same I kind of felt like Alice's latch was good um because it, it wasn't painful okay. but and the nurses were checking her and they're like yeah, yeah it's fine but then coming we were home I suppose a few days and I just she just wasn't um she just wasn't like it wasn't like she, she just could it wasn't like she was feeding properly um so we were kind of looking at her and she was losing weight and we were like what's going on um and I was like that my I was so determined I did not think about at all bottle feeding that was just not on my agenda at all and ended up getting um like that like lactation consultant Anna over to us and I had gone to her like the same I'd gone to her class before when I was pregnant um, so I had that kind of um, relationship with her. So she came over and um, she looked at us and she was like, she's tongue tie. Okay. And that's why she can't, she actually can't pull the milk out of you. Okay. So we had to go up to Clonmel. We got our, the tongue tie released and that certainly helped. But the damage was kind of done at okay. that point, which was really frustrating for How me. was she at that point? I'm trying to, you know, yeah. all of that, that four weeks is one of the like best but also worst four weeks of my life because she continually lost weight we had the public health nurse there every two days weighing her and you just be sitting on the couch praying for a weight gain and looking back now I'm like what I you're just so in that kind of newborn modeled mind frame that like timelines I'm like how old was she when we went there I'd have to literally go back and actually write out all the dates um but it took us a long time like weeks 
to get her back to her birth weight. Okay. My so, friend is actually kind of um, at the moment now her her daughter is at her birth weight, I think but just but she's having difficulty like that with um with the weight and yeah, it's very hard. coming out and it's very stressful. So and stressful. She's trying to pump to yeah. top up and and then, then you know that's just her supply and everything and my heart just goes out to her I'm just like it's yeah. tired. It's very hard because like that I'm not even sure was it my did I have a low supply it was just the lack of her being able to latch on properly cause a low supply so we had no choice but to combination feed then yeah. to get that weight up and even with combination feeding it still took us weeks to get her back up okay. um so it's uh it's such a learning curve and all you can do like I I remember and it was like the worst night of her life it was a Sunday night and the tongue tie had been released and we were trying to feed and I was pumping and it was Ben just looked at her and he said Pam this isn't working like she's she's just too like you could just see still see she was losing weight okay. so I rang Anna I was like Anna what am I going to do um so I had a chat with her and I had a chat with Ben and we were like we're going to have to give this child a bottle we're, we're at that point now I remember Ben going to Tesco's and ringing me from Tesco's going what do I buy and I was like I have not a notion I was like so I rang my sister my sister rang him and talked him through like bottles and sterilizers okay, and yeah, formula yeah, yeah. um all of these things all that of you these didn't things. have to think about beforehand yeah. yeah so got it all in and then um gave her the bottle and it was like a different child after that first bottle yeah. and I even though I absolutely I remember I suppose it's one of those vivid memories that will always sit with me I remember Ben giving her the bottle in the sitting room and I was sitting in a different chair and I cried my eyes out because I just felt this is just so not what I wanted but now I look back and yeah I still have that disappointment but I look at her and I'm like oh look did it really matter no it didn't no. It's what she, like, she needed. It's what she needed. And know? she needed that nourishment. And I still fed her up to six months. Yeah. So we combination fed up until then. So it was kind of a win-win. I still got to do that bit for her that I could do. And she got her weight gain and she's now like a wild child. <laughs> um, so I suppose, again, like your birth, you can go in with these expectations, but yeah. you just have to let go exactly. of it because you could hang on to that and get very frustrated and yeah. um you do as best you can yeah you know and you did everything that you could you know you went to Clonmel you got the uh, the tongue tie released and you just in the end of the day needed to do what was best for your daughter and that's yeah. what you did so but it's so important isn't it getting the the going to those classes beforehand and I did the I don't think it was the Kadoon truly, it was the HSE breastfeeding group I went to beforehand okay, as well. Yeah. But it's lovely just to check in there because as well when you have the new baby, yeah. I like it must be even more difficult walking into an, a room full of these mums and you're like Yeah, and like they I suppose I don't think this went through my mind because I don't really think about what other people think of me. Yeah. I, I, like I've let that go a long time ago. But you're like, oh, they're so experienced. And yes. I'm so new. And, but they're only there to help you. Yeah. You know, they are only there to help you. So, um, yeah, I just, I didn't have the time. I suppose running the business as well, I yeah. just didn't have the time. How did you manage? So you're, you're self-employed. Yes. Yeah. So you continue to work and obviously um, mind jack and yes. everything. So from when did you take any break? Like, did you kind of say, actually, I'm going to go back after four weeks? Or did you try and manage it the whole time? I pretty much kept on my long-term clients um, and they were so understanding and um, totally understood about kind of, you know, delayed response time for, you know, obviously I said the first few weeks or whatever and that was fine. I didn't take on a lot of new clients. I didn't take on any new clients, I don't think, coming into time to uh, to have Jack um, or in the, the first, I'd say, maybe three or four weeks. But then after that, what I did was um, I was getting used to kind of his sleeping, the time that I would have, you know, to myself. And um, I was gradually taking on, you know, a handful of clients, seeing how I would be able to manage that load. Once I knew I could manage that amount, then I gradually took on more. So I was very like my services of you know it's everything to me so I never want to not be able to to give to my clients so that was a, a building process in terms of okay right I need to take a step back but I didn't stop completely I I was working kind of all the time but just yeah. a lighter load and now you know I'm 
when he naps I work um and it works out lovely like yeah um you mentioned Jack's Jack's naps there um I remember watching you it must have been like again in like baby world it could be weeks or months ago and you were in I suppose yeah maybe he was like three or four months old and I'm trying to think back to when he was three or four months it was like a real you were really going through like a lack of sleep Okay. And I still am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching your videos on Instagram and um you were talking about how you felt, how the lack of sleep made you feel, but using your mindset again to kind of address it and kind of turn it around. Um which again I was like, that's a really interesting way to use your mind in those in that time because you can mm-hmm. when you're tired I personally find I know, the more tired I am the more I lose my mind in mm-hmm. that it's harder to, to rein it in and, and kind of concentrate and use it yes rather than just being kind of like you know letting the thoughts go all over the place and then it's overpowering you with the negativity uh-huh. of the lack of sleep yes um, yeah. yeah so you tell me about how I suppose Jack's sleep in general which is really I suppose he was a baby yeah but just the lack of sleep that we go through and then how you managed it. Yeah, um, like sleep is definitely, I think it's one of the most commonly asked questions to any mum. You ask anyone, yeah, it is. How are, they, are they sleeping through the night yet? And you're like, no, why aren't they sleeping through the night? And you're just like, because he's a baby and that's just <laughs> the way he's going at the moment. Thanks. But um, yeah, no, like sleep is such a huge thing. And yeah, I suppose Jack hasn't, um, he's certainly never slept through the night. Um, he'll still wake um, now like last night was, was, wasn't a good night but the night before that was a good night for me and he woke three times um, whereas last night maybe he woke six, seven, eight possibly times um, but I think when that is your reality you are going to be lacking in sleep so if you're going to focus on the fact that you're lacking in sleep or what I stopped doing was logging how many times he wakes up how often I'm awake because that brings that into your consciousness whereas like you know okay last night I know we woke a good few times I don't know what times they were I don't know for how long because if I was to focus on that then that's where my kind of energy would go yeah so like what we focus on um with anything in life but in in relation to sleep what we focus on expands so if we focus on our lack of sleep and our, how lethargic and how tired we feel, we are going to feel more and more lethargic. Whereas if we focus on something else, you know, you try and focus on the gratitude of whatever it is you can find in your day. And of course you can find things to, to be grateful for. Um, and just understanding that it's not forever, you know, it's for a period of time. How long that is, dep- is basically different for every mother and every every baby but it's not going to be forever so there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel so for most of the time you know I I get up and I'm my most productive in the morning I get loads of work done and you know I get my client check-ins done I get I meditate every morning and I do my journaling my visualizing all that and that all sets me up in a brilliant energy for the day so if you're waking up I also have a coffee. I need a coffee. <laughs> um, but if you're waking up and you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I can't wait to go back to bed. All you're going to be thinking about is bed. All mm-hmm. you're going to be thinking about is getting back to bed. When can I get back to bed? Whereas if you just wake up and you just focus on, you know, being more energetic and, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to feel overly energetic. Um, and it does take time working on your mind to actually get to that point. Somebody that's never kind of practiced mindfulness or, um, you know, focusing their mind on the positive isn't going to go from a Monday being extremely negative and tired and that's all they could see to a Tuesday, you know, everything is sunshine and rainbows. It doesn't go that way and it doesn't get to that way either, you know. There are days still when I am extremely tired and it does it does impact me and it does impact my mood. Generally, I find I can go like maybe 10, 10 days or two weeks, even on very minimal sleep and be fine. And then I might hit one day and I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm wiped, totally wiped. And that's normal because it's also a physiological response because our bodies need sleep. Mm-hmm. 
but what I find is really really important is not to focus on the lack of sleep focus on something else yeah and it will help you through your day um and just yeah be kind to yourself too you know and that's important yeah and that's something you've talked about because obviously as a personal trainer you know you train um and there was a post you'd put up about how we need to be kind to ourselves to the workouts can wait cardio can wait everything can wait if that's what you and your baby needs uh-huh. and like as was the kind of theme of what we're talking about today is let again letting go of that expectation of if you are someone or, you know, if you just want to get into it new, you know, you have this expectation of being able to get to the gym and because I loved training yeah. before Alice and getting to the gym. I used to always go after work. That was my routine. And then through our pregnancy. Yeah, I definitely dropped back my workouts and did a lot more body weight and it probably wasn't as mo- as regimented. Yeah. Um, but there was an expectation afterwards again you're like well I have all this time off you know why am I not in the gym yeah um and I suppose I found for myself it was more I wasn't mentally ready to get back there Mm -hmm. I might have been physically ready but my head was not ready to Mm -hmm. go back into that space um and then it was until Ben used to take Alice to what's it called The, the swimming classes um and he's be gone for three hours every Wednesday morning. Okay. So I kind of felt useless in those three hours. It's like <laughs> you, I could stay at home and I could clean. I could do the washing. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm actually just going to go back to the gym. And I used to do a really slow but a really long session. Uh-huh. And But it, it took me months to get back there. Even though at six weeks, yeah. you know, when everyone's like, oh, you can go back now. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, okay. I could, but yeah, I just don't feel like it. And you know, you do your walking or I went back swimming, but nothing, you know, I didn't go back on plan. Yeah. Um, For good time. And I think that's totally right, you know, because that's what was right for you. Yeah. Um, And I think everybody needs to just judge their own situation, their own scenario. And something that I'm very conscious about as well um, is people kind of comparing themselves to somebody else and what somebody else is doing when focusing on what you need and what's right for you your situation your family and that whole dynamic becoming a mother you know if you're first time mother if you have one already and there's a second on the way that's again going to really change things too and so you just have to kind of know what feels right and feels good for you and not to force yourself to do something because if you're forcing yourself to do something it's not going to last anyway yeah you know because you only have a finite amount of kind of willpower or motivation that you know if you use that all up it's just it's just not going to it's not going to be sustainable so what is important is first of all like you said your head has to be in it you know your body can be ready but the mind has to actually want to as opposed to feel like you have to. So, you know, I think as well, sometimes the gym can be a daunting place for people, um, especially if, you, if you're if you not kind of into fitness. For me, like, you know, I've been into fitness, I'm a personal trainer, obviously, but I've been working out in the gym for years. Um, and like, even sometimes I've done competitions and stuff in, in the past, and sometimes I'd have to train twice a day, every day. And I look back now and I'm like, like, how did I do that? But I know I had the time because all I had to look after was myself. Yeah. But when a child comes into it then, like some weeks even now, like Jack is nearly one because John Paul is very busy in work um, and I'm busy too. And then Jack, I might not get to the gym. Like this week I got once. My goal is to try and get three times a week. I love the gym, but it's just not feasible. Yeah. Um, so like for some mothers working out at home or doing something, you know, in a comfortable, safe space for them if they feel like they want to, as opposed to feeling like they have to. So like you're saying, the time has to be right. And that doesn't mean that six weeks after you have the baby, you're back yeah. in the gym. And certainly you're not back doing what you were doing beforehand. You have to really remember that your body has gone through, um, you know, whether you've had a C-section or whether you've had a natural birth, that's a huge process for your body mm-hmm. to recover from. Yeah. So you have to, number one, be ready for physiologically obviously um, and not just I don't think that the doctor's go ahead is enough I think people need to be um, assessed by a pelvic health physio um, have your um, your pelvic floor assessed and um, you can have an internal examination 
and then as well your, your abs so you want to see kind of how that's um coming back together and things and make sure that you're doing the right exercises so get the right guidance and things like that but never feel like you have to do it only that you want to do it and I feel so strongly that it should be from a health point of view yeah. as opposed from a how I look point of view and that's where I think people are going wrong and that's why people you know either are getting results and aren't sustaining them because it's not it's not sustainable for their lifestyle and that's what you have to do so for me I had to adjust to my new lifestyle yeah like this is this is my new way of life I don't come first anymore you know I have Jack and he comes first so I get out walking with him every day and I love that and he loves it most of the time (laughs) but um that's just what we do and if I can get to the gym I will and if I can't it's not the end of the world whereas before if I didn't get to the gym I might have you know guilt for yeah I should have gone to the gym so have you found as becoming a mum that that like has that surprised you that like let's say the old Jackie would have like looked at this new jack and gone wow what a change and uh-huh. that if someone showed you you now that probably would have shocked you back then a hundred percent like absolutely i couldn't back then i could never imagine myself like not getting to the gym for a week or being okay with being that. okay with it yeah and like actually enjoying doing everything else um so that's definitely been a huge a huge change for me um but it's definitely made me a, I'm say a better person. Yeah, I think it has. It's made me relate to people a lot better. It's made me kind of relate to my mammy clients definitely a lot more and understanding, you know, and being more kind to themselves and teaching them how to do what I've had to teach myself to do yeah. as well. Um, so it's definitely, uh, it's been a huge change, but it's the way my lifestyle is now and, and I love it. And yeah, you talked about John Paul. Um, so you're newly engaged. Yes, yes. Getting married this year? We are. We got married in September. Yes. Um, and relationships change as oh, yeah. when you introduce babies. How have you found that? Yeah, they definitely do. Um, so you just you have to adapt. Again, it's a new dynamic. So you know you're a mother now, and uh, John Paul has children from before we were together as well. So I've always had that at weekends and stuff. But when you have a newborn baby in the house, you know, all the time, yes, things change. You don't have the same time for each other um, and you have to actually make time for each other. And what I've found and we found that difficult, especially with breastfeeding and things like that, where I've needed to basically be with Jack kind of all the time. Um, and in the early days, I think until Jack was about five months, um, I co-slept with, with Jack and um so we weren't kind of in the same sleeping environment together um and it does change like the relationship and the dynamic but you have to then just work at the new dynamic yeah um and you have to kind of take your moments and take your times when you can um and do things now you're doing things kind of as a family um together but i think that's another area where family would here would be great to just be able to come over mind jack and we could go out for a drink on our own kind of and the things that we used to do before going out for you know drinks on a night out um going for dinner going away to a hotel for the weekend and things like that like they all have to either be put on pause until he's a bit older that he can be minded um or just like stopped for now kind of thing so definitely definitely there's a change there um and even with planning wedding planning and things like that so you have things to organize and things that we will have to go and do so that's something that I'm trying to get comfortable myself with leaving leaving Jack with somebody else and now his godmother is amazing and I was my birthday there like was it last week or the week before I can't remember but she took him and we went out for dinner and we went for drinks and you know what it was only it was four hours that we were together just on our own and it was nearly like just like it's going to sound to say but nearly like falling in love all over again like whereby you can just be in each other's company you can laugh you can enjoy a few drinks and it's just your bubble the two of you and so it's really important to kind of nurture and take care of that but it can get kind of put on the back burner especially in the early days and it can be like I suppose what I find is that you can become almost like 
the relationship can, can almost come become military mm. in that like you know you come home from work or he comes home from work depending you know how it works and it's like what's going on it's all very preparing for the next yeah. moment is yeah. that do you need to be fed change go to bed have a bath you know you're on and that's Schedule. kind of a, rather than I, I'm always trying to be mindful of you know when Ben comes home if I'm at home before him or to say how was your day yeah. and there's some days and I get totally cut out yeah, he'll have said it. something to me and although I've asked the question I am not listening I know and right. he'll say I told you or it'll come up a few days later I'll say oh that's what are you doing where are you going and he's like I told you like two nights ago this is happening and I was like oh yeah because clearly I've asked the question and you have but I my head has totally <laughs> moved yeah. on that's so it's so true because you're, you're nearly thinking like a step ahead of yourself yeah. all the time so like while you might ask a question and then they're processing the answer and giving you the answer but you're processing something else and Completely. yeah that it definitely happens and because of like John Paul's schedule is is tricky um whereby he because he's a personal trainer and he actually is coaching in person he could be gone he could be up at five in the morning and so he could be gone um, and could be working all morning and then he might have one or two hours off he could come home during the day and then he could be back in in the evening and he might not be home until 10 at night and so sometimes there might just be a couple of hours during the day that we see each other and but yeah so trying to schedule around that as well is is hard and then obviously lack of sleep when Jack goes down at seven sometimes I just go down yeah and I'm wrecked and I'm more than happy to just get in bed and fall asleep he actually sent on a photo he took of me just as a joke and the other night when he came up to bed and I was literally totally KO'd in the bed like sprawled (laughs) all the way across the bed happy as Larry I think I even had a smile on my face um and that night Jack slept for like three and a half hours in a row which is amazing for us like that's kind of not the norm and um, but yeah I was I just take my opportunity to get an early night when I can so. oh completely <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's what or what's happened to us now is that um and as well because it's so dark at the moment that when Alice goes to bed whichever one of us puts her down you're inevitably it probably happens to end a bit more bit he'll disagree but it happens to him more than it happens to me he you'd be listening you'd be like yeah she's definitely asleep and it could be an hour and there's still no sign of him. And then he'd come down an hour and a half later and be like, why didn't you wake me? Oh, You're I like, fell asleep, I know. <laughs> You're like, but like, I guess I could go up and wake you. But like also, if you're falling asleep, you're tired. You're tired, so you need it. Just sleep. And last night was the same with me. I brought her up and she went down very fast. And I must have fallen asleep next to her because I had, the room was in total darkness. And then I came down an hour later and Ben was like, was it hard to put her down? I was like, no, I fell asleep. <laughs> it's so way. hard. Oh. Like, and then you wake up and then you're kind of disoriented and it's an hour later and like that you're trying to have time with them. Yeah. But then you you still have all of the other bits and pieces to do around the place. So yeah, you're, it's, it's, your relationship probably gets deeper. Yeah. Because you're now mom and dad, but it's you kind of have less quality time together. Yeah, I think you also then appreciate the time that you do have yeah. together so much more. Like, even just sitting down watching a DVD or, you know, watching Netflix or whatever, just together, just the two of you. Like, that's... Well, before you would have just taken that for granted. Totally for granted. You know, yeah. whereas now that's a luxury. Or you value... You the monitor going off for, like, two hours. Like, yes, you yeah. know. Like we watched um like totally late to the party in this one, A Star is Born recently. Okay. And it was the first movie we watched from start to end in one go since we've had Alice. And we were like, I, I don't know, did I just yeah. love the movie? Or did I just love the fact that we watched it uninterrupted? Yes. And absolutely. we got to it was like just time together to chill out and just watch a movie because like that before we'd watched so many series on netflix and even now when i watch netflix i'm like is this gonna be worth my time like is this really good because yes. i have limited time so uh, i'm not willing to yeah, yeah, watch like yeah. fluff if it's not really good yeah yeah i totally get that i totally get that and on that as well it's you know watching a film from start to finish but actually being present yeah. in the watching of that film like what i find and it's something that i need to work on um I can be on my phone because my business is on my phone. I can be like, but I need to have some sort of rules now that I'm just like, no, this is time together, 
put the phone down. You know, if we're out for a meal, we can take a photo, we can pop it up later, whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Let's just enjoy this present moment together. And that's something that I'm working on, you know, and I need to get a bit better at it uh, because everything else can wait, you know, you just, you do need to make time for these valuable, you know, times that you get together because yeah. they're not as frequent as these. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in 18 years time. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe on our wedding day we might, we might get a bit of time, but no, will, not with all the guests I suppose, but no, we're absolutely dying for that, so um, yeah. So it's that time in the episode that I have to ask you two questions. Okay. Um, what would you tell your pregnant self? My pregnant self, yes. Um, I'm very happy with how I went through my pregnancy and how I um, embraced my, my physical changes, my body. I loved it. I loved the bump. I loved everything. Um, and I was kind to myself in terms of, um, you know, exercise and, and things. But what I would tell my pregnant self is to just relish in like we just spoke about the moments together with your partner um really don't take them for granted enjoy every meal you get to go out enjoy every family occasion you get to go to enjoy every film you get to watch just be present and be mindful of how important it is in that moment and also to sleep sleep (laughs) loads all the time just sleep all day no uh, but appreciate your sleep and, yeah. uh, and value it um but definitely to uh enjoy the moments and enjoy the the time that you have together with your partner um because um when the baby is born a whole new wonderful dynamic comes but um with that as well as obviously less time for socializing yeah for sure <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> and what one product could you not live without product um i'm not like material things don't really matter to me as in i think i could live without any sort of material thing i think it's people it's support um i think the support of john paul my partner um the support of my uh, my family FaceTime with my parents has been so invaluable so while they're not here they get to see Jack growing up you know yeah. and of course that means my phone but that um that those moments are really really precious and he recognizes them as soon as he sees them on, on the FaceTime and he just gets really excited and also um Gillian my best friend down here I couldn't she's just such she has two kids herself so she's such a huge support um, but like that, you know, her weekly visits just mean the absolute world to me. So it's more people's support um, and uh, as opposed to kind of material things. And what has been your magic moment? So I think, yeah, magic moments, like there's, there has been so many of them. And always as I was, um, as I was growing up, I knew I wanted to be a mom. Like that was my purpose. It was my dream. I always visualized it um, that I would one day obviously meet the right person and I met John Paul um, but that, that was what I wanted so the moment of Jack being handed to me into my arms I will never ever forget it um, and just that feeling of wow like this is what I'm meant to be and the emotion of that was just overwhelming incredible um so that was definitely that that moment was was everything everything you're yeah. actually gonna start making me cry no I'm, <laughs> I'm crying nearly oh like, i'm thinking about it because yeah and, and those moments you can capture forever as in that will never leave me yeah you know um and that's why and i say it to everyone it's like moments are what matters you know things will come and go um things will upgrade your car, your phone, your house, like bricks and mortar don't define who you are. It's the relationships that you have in your life, the people, the moments, the memories. That's what matters. And that's what needs to be nurtured first and foremost. That's so true. Yeah. So that's what I believe anyway. And I just think it's, I do, I really do think that that's so important just to focus. I speak about your priorities as well and just making sure that your priorities, your time is divided in line with what's most important to you yeah. so if family is most important to you yet you're sp- spending the majority of the time elsewhere you just need to realign yourself maybe you've just lost connection with what's most important 
Yeah. And I suppose we can all, you know, fall victim to that as well. That you check in with yourself and go, right, what are my priorities? And taking time out of your day. Write them down. Yeah, exactly. Like journaling, I've spoken about it briefly, but journaling is so valuable. Just even getting your thoughts out on paper, what can be going in your mind and, you know, really just getting so muddled up. Um, if you get a pen and paper and just write, just write, 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 don't even think, just write out what's going on in your head. The energy of getting that out is nearly liberating and energizing in itself. So writing down your priorities and really thinking about it and being like, okay, this is what's most important to me and writing them down. Number one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Is my time divided in accordance with what I'm saying is most important? And, you know, the answer might be no. Okay, what do I need to do? What action do I need to take in order to, to make this in line with, with my priorities? So it's, it's about being aware and then taking action on the awareness. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me. Um, J- Jack and Alice are going to have to have a little bit of a meetup. <laughs> Definitely, absolutely. Oh, he'd, he'd love it. He's such a social little boy. He loves it. Um, but definitely they will. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been just fantastic. I've loved talking about everything. All Jack related, relationships and mindset. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review or subscribe. If you would like to send me a message, please email forallmankind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram and see you on the next episode of the podcast.